Hello and welcome back to episode five of Historical True Crime. I'm your host Lizzie and I'm fighting a bit of a cold today so I'm going to do my best to edit out any coughs or sniffles but if my voice sounds a little huskier than normal uh, that's why. Today's episode is going to cover the Hart brothers. And so this is going to take us back to 18th century America, frontier time, uh, and a little preview of who the Hart brothers were. Well, their names are Micah, also known as Big Harp, and Wiley, known as Little Harp. While they're often referred to as the Harp brothers, many sources actually claim they were cousins. Although for the purpose of this podcast, um, we're going to refer to them as the Harp brothers. Considering we're covering the Hart brothers on historical true crime, you can probably guess these were not good individuals. Although no one is completely certain, it's believed that they killed at least 39 or 40 people during their lifetime. Uh, Again, we can't be certain of the exact number uh, because records are are a little more inconsistent uh, back in the 1800s than they would be today. What the records do tell us is that they had a very consistent modus operandi a Latin phrase meaning mode of operating. It refers to a method of operation or pattern of criminal behavior so distinctive that separate crimes or wrongful conduct are recognized as the work of the same person, or in this case, same people. The Hart brothers had a particularly gruesome MO or signature, uh, like many serial killers who would follow them. You would know if the Hart brothers committed a murder uh, because the victim would be discovered disemboweled with an open chest cavity that had been filled with stones, more often than not thrown into a river. Not that that MO is easy to forget, but you can keep that in mind as we go through the story because that's going to come up time and time again with the murders that the Hart brothers commit. Unlike some of our previous episodes, I actually don't have a ton of information on the younger years of the Hart brothers. But what we do know is that their fathers were both immigrants from Scotland who made Orange County, North Carolina, their home. John Harp uh, and his wife gave birth to Micah Harp, where Wiley Harp, whose real name was Joshua, was born to John's brother, William, and his wife. The Harps also likely altered the original spelling of their last name from H-A-R-P-E, to H-A-R-P not long after arriving in America. The boys grew up near each other and earned the nickname Big and Little Harp just based on their size difference. According to an article on medium.com from Delaney Bartlett, uh, some sources claim that the Harp brothers witnessed their own families being attacked and killed by their pro-independence or American patriot neighbors, and that this incident causes them to seek revenge. There are other sources that say they had been turned away from the Patriots, so it's a little unclear, but whatever happened, it leads them to join the British when the American Revolution began. This is a big deal because this is the start of the Hart brothers relishing their ability to kill and kill without consequence. But I do want to take one step back in case you're not familiar with what the American Revolution actually was. So growing hostilities between uh, citizens of Great Britain's 13 North American colonies. And remember, at this point in history, America didn't exist the way we know it today. It was simply a bunch of colonies that were ruled over by Britain. 
So we have these 13 colonies and their colonial administration, which at this point is represented by the British crown. And this leads to the Revolutionary War, which is 1775 to 1783, also known as the American Revolution. The military battle begins in Lexington and Concord in April of 1775 with skirmishes between British forces and colonial militiamen. By the summer, the rebel, the rebels, sorry, were conducting a full-fledged war for their freedom. In 1778, France joins the American Revolution on the side of the colonists, transforming what had basically been a domestic fight into now a global one. The Americans had practically gained their independence after French support helped the Continental Army compel the British surrender at Yorktown, Virginia in 1781, even though hostilities wouldn't officially stop until 1783. So it's during uh, this war that the Hart brothers decide to join the British side. It likely had very little to do with patriotism or political beliefs and everything to do with violence and the opportunity to commit criminal activities. It's reported that the Hart brothers reveled in raping women, pillaging villages, and just burning down farms. Uh, Micah, Big Harp, specifically developed a preference for splitting his victim's skulls with a tomahawk. The Hart brothers joined the British army in 1780, and they do participate in a number of battles near the border between North and South Carolina. However, the following year, uh, they desert the army and instead they join a band of Cherokee Indians and they continue to pillage and plunder villages in North Carolina and Tennessee. It's during this time that the brothers abduct Susan Wood and Maria Davidson in order to get revenge on a man named Captain James Wood, who had earlier shot and wounded um, Wiley. These women are forced to become the wives of the two Hart brothers. So the pair, along with their wives, and I'm definitely putting wives in quotation marks because they were definitely kidnapped and did not do this by choice. However, the four of them um, and four other men decide to travel to Tennessee. And it's during this trip that a man named Moses Doss makes the mistake of expressing concern for Susan and Maria. In retaliation, he is simply murdered. The murderer doesn't slow the group down any, and they decide to settle in a village called Nickajack, which is now southwest of Chattanooga, Tennessee. They're going to live in this village for about 12 years, and the wives will become pregnant twice each during this time. However, each time they give birth, um, the newborn babies are killed by their fathers. I don't know that there's anything more despicable than the murder of children and unfortunately this is not going to be the last time i was going to say the first time this is definitely not the last time the Hart brothers are going to murder children so just be warned that that does come up a few more times in the podcast when the british surrendered in yorktown in 1781 the harps decide that they're going to continue to attack american patriots and so they band together with some fringe factions of cherokee that are still fighting um and they fight for example in what's known as the battle of blue licks in kentucky on august 19th 1782 and several other smaller battles in 1794, the Americans plan an ambush at Nickajack, but somehow the Hart brothers caught wind of the upcoming ambush and they flee right before the Patriots come and wipe out the entire village. The Harps and their 
wives establish a new camp close by where they remain for the following nine months um, while still plundering, raping, and pillaging nearby villages. They move into a new cabin in the spring of 1797. And in that same year, Little Harp marries a local minister's daughter, Sarah Rice. Why anyone would marry this man, let alone a minister's daughter, is unfathomable to me. But I I can't tell you if it was a coerced marriage or if Sarah agreed to it, because we just don't have that information. But Big Harp or Micah also legally marries um, Susan and decides to take Maria as his second wife. And those are the two women that were previously kidnapped to be the wives of the Harp brothers. In just a little over a year later, in late 1798, the Harps are going to start one of the bloodiest murderous rampages in American history. In Tennessee, they first murdered two men, one in Knox County and the other on the Wilderness Trail. By December, they had relocated to Kentucky, where they murdered two more men from Maryland. And like other outlaws at the time, money doesn't seem to be the Hart brothers' main motivation. Instead, they seem to be driven purely by bloodlust. Again, they often disembowel their victims, fill their bodies with rocks, and sink them into nearby rivers. So here's an example of why you absolutely would not ever want to run into the Hart brothers' anywhere. Uh, According to Bartlett in her article on medium.com, a man named Johnson confronts the Harps in a tavern uh, and they get into an altercation and Johnson ends up stabbing Little Harp, although not severely. Although I guess a stab is a stab. When Johnson leaves the tavern, the Harps are waiting. They attack him and they drag him into the woods where they murder him. His body is found in the river filled with rocks. Facing the possibility of arrest, um, the Harps and their wives just flee. On the run again, uh, the Harp brothers decide to begin ambushing travelers. So they do this uh, between Tennessee and Kentucky on what was called the Wilderness Road. Sometimes they would pose as fellow travelers, make friends with their victims, and then rob and kill them with a tomahawk blow. Other times, after stealing their money, the harps uh, would do their morbid routine of slitting open the torso, filling them with rocks, and tossing them in the river. Either way, I would imagine this wasn't actually an ideal lifestyle for the Hart brothers and their wives to upkeep. They needed to constantly move from place to place to avoid arrest, discovery, suspicion, etc. One morning after probably spending a bunch of time robbing and killing people, uh, the Harps and their wives, who at the time were very visibly pregnant, uh, walk into an inn. And in this inn is a traveler named John Langford, who is also staying there. And he decides that he's going to be kind and he wants to buy the Harps breakfast. Likely he could see that they were poor, they were probably dirty, and he just wanted to help them out. Now, the Harps knew a good mark when they see one, and sensing he might have some money, they offer to lead him along the wilderness road, the same road where they have spent time robbing. Now, in those days, it actually wasn't unusual for people to travel in groups for safety and protection. After all, there are robbers and bad men on the road. In a twist, everyone sees coming... Uh, Unfortunately, John turns up dead with a torso full of stones in a river. 
The good thing that came out of this, however, is there were a lot of witnesses at the inn who saw John leave with the harps. So it wasn't long before everyone, including the pregnant women, were arrested, and that happened on Christmas Day in 1798. While awaiting trial, uh, the women actually give birth, but somehow the two Harp brothers managed to escape. Security just missed have been pretty lax uh, in a lot of these areas because escape from prison, jail seems to be actually quite common. Uh, so what happens is a posse, perhaps my favorite word that I didn't know the origins of. Um, so a posse is actually a body of armed men summoned by a sheriff to enforce the law. So a posse is arranged to hunt the brothers down. Uh, unfortunately, instead of actually finding the brothers, instead they find one of their own members murdered in the same faction as all of the other harp victims. In April of 1799, the Kentucky governor actually issues a $300 bounty on each of the brothers' heads. So the brothers are on the run from the posse, but their wives are not with them because they are still back where they were being held for trial. You'll remember that um, the Harper brothers escaped, but they did not escape with their wives. So the wives each had newborn babies and they were actually tried for their involvement in the murder. They pled not guilty and they did end up being acquitted. And the city or the residents of the area actually took pity on the women and they gave them a horse and they told them, you know, don't go back to your husband's. But for whatever reason, uh, the wives don't listen, and instead they sell the horse and buy a canoe, and they float down the Ohio River with their infants uh, to a rendezvous point where their husbands are waiting for them. At this point, if you are anything like me, you are screaming, ladies, what are you thinking? Why, 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 if you had the opportunity to escape, would you go back to the Hart Brothers? In reality, it's likely just not that simple. Many people have made the assumption as a result of the women returning to the brothers that they were willing accomplices in the crimes committed by the Harps. Others, however, speculate that the women might have had Stockholm Syndrome or that they simply believed they needed their husbands to survive because they were single mothers with little children. Remember, this is the late 1700s in frontier America. So I'm more inclined to believe that the last reason is probably the most accurate. There just would not have been a lot of options for women with no income to survive on their own with uh, little children. Regardless of the reason, they did reunite and the family now makes their way north. And over the next two weeks, five people are murdered before the family makes their way to a place called Cave in Rock. And Cave and Rock is a place where a gang of pirates led by a man named Samuel Mason lived. It was a cave where the gang would prey on steamboats headed down the Ohio River. And according again to Bartlett on medium.com, even though Mason literally had a gang of pirates under him, uh, everyone was still appalled by the brutality of what the Harps would do. It's reported that they took pleasure in uh, taking people to the top of a cliff, forcing them to strip naked, and then simply pushing them to their death. Uh, if this is your source of entertainment, there's something like very seriously wrong with you. So the Mason gang, this gang of pirates, forces the Hart brothers and their family to leave. The Harps then return to eastern Tennessee and continue on their murder spree, uh, killing at least a dozen more people, including children. 
One particularly horrific story is that Big Harp, Micah, uh, murders his own child. According to a number of sources, the infanticide happens in August of 1799. It's reportedly the only homicide that Micah ever regretted. The baby was only around uh, nine months old and just cried nonstop because it was ill. The baby was then taken by Micah, who slung it by the heels into a large tree and practically broke its head into a dozen pieces, then tossed it far from him as far as his immense power enabled him into the woods. And that's a quote, uh, according to Judge Hall in the book, Letters from the West, containing sketches of scenery, manners, and customs, first settlements of Western United States. Micah then says of the murder, it cried and I killed it. I had always told the women I would have no crying about me. Prior to Micah murdering his own child, the Hart brothers had actually left their camp in August of 1798, uh, and they went to go see a man named Moses Stiegel, who lived close to Dixon, Kentucky. It's reported that Stiegel owed the brothers a debt that they intended to collect. Other sources claim the brothers just happened upon this home, so it's hard to say which one is accurate. However, when they arrived at the home, Moses actually wasn't even there, but his wife Mary and their infant son were. So when the Hart brothers requested to stay the night, Mary agreed, and this would have been fairly normal for the time period. This was rural Kentucky, so um, people were used to being kind to strangers. There was another house guest there at the same time called Major William Love, and Micah was actually put to sleep in the same room as Major Love. And the story goes that Micah becomes really annoyed during the night because of Major Love's snoring. And instead of having any kind of normal response, he simply decides to split the Major's skull with his tomahawk. And the next morning, obviously before anyone has discovered the Major's body, the Harps wake up and they want breakfast. Mary tells them that she's unable to cook because her son is ill and crying. And somehow Micah manages to convince Mary to give him the baby to soothe. Micah takes the baby out of Mary's eyesight and back to his crib. And presumably he's going to put the baby down to sleep, try and quiet him down. So Mary decides that, okay, the baby's quiet. I'm going to make everyone breakfast. Obviously, she had no idea that she just handed her child to someone with such a history of murdering children, or she never would have let the Hart brothers near her home. Unfortunately, she did. And after breakfast, when we she went to check on her son, she discovers him in a pool of his own blood in his crib and his throat has been slit. Mary just starts to scream because her child has just been murdered. In response, the Harps stab her to death and then they sit down together to finish their breakfast. After they're done eating their breakfast, they kick over the wood stove and burn the house to the ground. Now remember, Moses Stiegel has been away while all of this has transpired, and he unfortunately comes home to make the gruesome discovery that not only is his house burned down, but his wife and child have also been murdered. In response, another posse is formed, and this one includes Moses, and they go to hunt down the harps. During their search, they're going to discover two additional victims, but they do find uh, the Harps camp where their children and wives have been living. Susan does happily point them to where they can find Micah and Wiley. 
So the posse finds the harps on August 24th, 1799, while they're actually preparing to murder someone else, this time a man named George Smith. They're ordered to surrender, but they, as always, decide to flee. This time, however, Micah is actually shot in the leg and in the back. He confesses to 20 murders while he lies dying. Uh, Then Moses cuts off his head while he is still conscious. Later, his head is hung on a pole near Henderson, Kentucky, and the junction where his head was hung was referred to as Harp's head for years after. The rest of his body was simply left out to rot. So Micah is dead, but Wiley is still on the run, and he had managed to escape and returned to Cave and Rock and persuaded the Mason gang to allow him to rejoin them. For the next four years, he was a free man, stealing and murdering travelers uh, along the Natchez Trace Road between Tennessee and Mississippi under the alias John Sutton or Seton. But Samuel Mason, the gang's leader, had only grown in notoriety, and he was now one of the most wanted criminals in the country. A $2,000 bounty was placed on his head, which would have been a huge sum in 1803. So Harp and a fellow pirate, James May, decide they want to collect that reward money. So they kill Mason and cut off his head as proof. But when they present the head, they themselves are immediately identified as outlaws and taken into custody. Now the two immediately make their getaway, but they're caught again. They go to trial and they're both sentenced to hang. In January 1804, they are executed, and as a warning to other outlaws, their heads were severed and set high on stakes along the Natchez Road. Now we have both Hart brothers dead, um, but during their murder spree, they did kill at least 40 men, women, and children. However, you might now be asking, what happened to their wives? Well, when Micah was killed in August of 1799, the wives were just left at their camp. Each of the three women had a child, and they were all taken to Henderson and put in an empty blockhouse. All three were accused of participating in the murders of Mary Stiegel and her infant son James, as well as uh, Captain Love. They all go to trial, um, but again, they are released and found not guilty in October. Sally returns to her father in the Knoxville area and later marries a respectable man and has a large family. Susan continues to live in the Russellville area and lead a decently respectable life. She dies in Tennessee. Maria, who was also using the alias Betsy Robert, marries a man named John in September of 1803. They relocate to Hamilton County, Illinois by 1828, where they establish a sizable family before they both pass away in the 1860s. Many members of the Harp family change their identities and names, so they're not associated with the family and like the brutal atrocities that they committed. So the Harp brothers do end up facing justice and being executed, while the wives, you could argue whether they were guilty or not of anything, do lead uh, decently normal lives after the brothers are dead. So that brings us to the end of the story and crimes of the Hart brothers. 
This was a particularly gruesome case uh, to research and record. So thank you for sticking with me to the end. If you like what we do, um, please remember to review, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any case suggestions, you can follow us on Instagram at historical true crime pod or send us an email at historical true crime pod at gmail.com. Thanks again so much for listening, and we will see you next week with another dark case from history. See you then.